Welcome to The Nudge with Kia Eileen. Today, my guest is Nena Onoba. Nena is an experienced global corporate finance executive. She has worked in top-tier organizations and knows that how we feel can deeply affect our confidence and performance. From personal experience, Nena witnessed how easy it became to relegate self-care as she juggled the demands of a busy life. This realization, combined with a passion for holistic wellness, inspired LBB and the ethos, life is beautiful in balance. Harnessing the power of high-performing, clean, and natural vegan ingredients, Nena created a line of versatile products and rituals to rejuvenate the mind and the body. Her mission is to promote balance in the time that you have, wherever you are. So, grab a cup of something delicious and join us as we follow the nudge, because you never know where it may lead. So welcome, welcome, welcome to The Nudge with Kia Eileen. I'm your host, Kia Eileen, and today I am joined by Nena Anuba. Um, as you heard in the intro, uh, Nena is the CEO and founder of LBB Skin. Um, and if you haven't heard of it before, please make sure you find out about it after you hear from Nena today. Nena, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me today. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kia. I'm pleased to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so pleased to have you here. Um, For those of you who've listened to the podcast before, you know that I like to start um, with all of my guests with some deep breaths. And please, wherever you are, maybe you'd like to join with us as well. So Nana, I'd invite you just to make sure you're comfortable. And we're going to shake off the day. Whatever we've been doing today, we're going to shake it off. That's right. (laughs) And let's just, that's it, right? And um, so let's just start by taking a few deep breaths. So just breathing right down into the bottom of the belly. So deep breath in. And then release. And a deep, deep breath in to the bottom of the belly. And then release, feeling our bodies just relaxing a little bit more. And then one more deep, deep breath in. And feeling our hearts connect in this space as we exhale and release. as we feel ourselves relaxing and landing in this space, feet on the ground, our sitting bones beneath us. And then opening the eyes as we find ourselves back in the space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, we're both here. We're both in this space. And I I always think it makes for a richer conversation. So thank you so much for joining me here today. It's it's a real pleasure. uh, Nena, you are the, as I said, the founder of LBB Skin, 
a beauty and wellness brand whose products promote balance and rejuvenation of the mind and the body. But you weren't always directly involved in skincare and wellness. Um, you lived quite a different life prior to uh, um, starting the brand in 2019. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what you did prior to that? Um, yes, I'd like to. Um, again, thank you for having me. Um, so prior to LVB, I spent majority of my career um, working in the city in London, um, initially as a chartered accountant. And uh, after that, I spent about 10 years as an investment banker um, doing merged and acquisitions. And that's really advising corporate clients, large institutions who were looking to either acquire um, or merge or sell companies. Um, and I did that as an advisor for 10 years. Wow. Okay. So busy, busy, busy lifestyle, right? Yes, absolutely. I think if you look under investment banking, because investment banking is broad, right? If you look at what type of investment banking is the most stressful, you will see MA. Those are the deal people. <laughs> Big transactions you read about in the newspaper. I think if you are an FT reader, you would have seen um, who's it? Tiffany and is it LVMH, the big merger yes, that yes, yes. happened, not happen. It's taken about 12 months of lots of back and forth things. So imagine being immersed in all of that, That's advising true. your client on sort of the corporate finance side, the valuation, the entire deal, basically. We yeah. are the project managers who sit alongside the client on either side of the table, negotiating, transacting. It's, it's, it's fun and games. Fun and games, fun and games, like loosely, right? I mean, and I can imagine that being, you know, incredibly stressful, but also, you know, really rewarding and so and lucrative. So you had all the success on paper, right? You know, wonderful, high-flying lifestyle, really successful. You were also, you were a director, right? So, um, you know, really highly regarded in your field. And then you decide to pivot. So what would cause you to leave all of that behind? <laughs> yes, it's interesting. Uh, um, to be honest, I don't think in my heart of hearts, um, I don't think that I sort of as a child grew up thinking, oh, my God, my dream is to be an investment banker. <laughs> as a child of um, I'm Nigerian born, um, as a child of Nigerians and Africans, yes, I had, I was ambitious, um, but it was more like doctor or something along yes. those lines. Um, and to be honest, uh, my pivot, so when I got into banking, for me, it was sort of, I think, a continuous journey. I studied electrical engineering at university. I did four years at Imperial in London, which is one of the top most universities for in, in the UK, full stop. Um, and in that time, I sort of, again, right, I say with us, it's a whole journey of getting to understand who you are a little bit. Um, and I quickly realized that that really wasn't my path. I wasn't going to be an engineer. I wasn't going to be happy as that. I'm very dynamic. I like things live and being in the thick of it. Um, and so I started, that was my first pivot, so to speak, wow. <laughs> and wow. moved into finance. Um, and I qualified as a chartered accountant because, again, you know, very practical minded, right? You get qualifications, You there's a path, there's a process. And I was still trying to prove myself. Um, and I think that's the same thing that sort of took me into the world of investment banking because mm. as an accountant, 
I felt like I was sitting and no offense to any um, accountants listening, but I was on the wrong end of finance. I was like, there's mm. nothing happening either. I'm coming in and I'm auditing businesses that are doing much more exciting stuff, but I'm not seeing the exciting stuff. And M&A sort of threw me in the thick of all of that. A, it wasn't sort of a nine to five job because it was transaction based, right? Each mm. thing was different. Anyway, Coming back to your question on the pivot, when I went into banking, I sort of knew it was high pressure, go, go, go. It's a deal environment. You know, you work long hours under intense amounts of pressure. Um, but the money was good. And that's, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest, that's what attracted me to it. So I think at the back of my head, I wanted to do two things. A, prove to myself I could hang out with the big boys in the city right. um, and, and, and be successful. Um, but I think also secondly was um, secondly I was like it was short term I wanted to make some money and I figured that in that process I would it would become clearer to me what I wanted to do um, with the rest of my life Um, I've always been entrepreneurial so I sort of had that sitting at the back of my mind Um, but it had always and I'd set a five-year timeline on it I was going to go into banking and at the end of five years I would leave to do what I was supposed to be doing with the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) When I hit my year five mark, I sort of went, huh, interesting. So that was almost like my first small ring, which is like, okay, okay, at year five, where are you? You know, we're all taught to have your five-year plan. It felt like a good amount of time to give myself. At year five, I was just getting into it. You know, banking was, I was getting promoted. I was doing really well as a banker. Um, I felt important and needed. And I was just like, it just didn't feel like the right time then. Mm. Um, But it was there. And then the next year moved on, you know, and it almost felt like every year I had this little check and it was quite little checks. Are you doing this? And it was almost in those moments of quiet because it's very, when you're in the middle of a transaction, still busy, you can become completely consumed by what you're doing and you don't have breathing space to take stock. And I think a lot of us actually leave that way. We're in a whirlwind, we just go, 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 go. And then it's only maybe when you're on holiday, you get some quiet time and you sort of think, oh my God, is this, why am I not living like this more of the time? But more than that is you recognize deep in the pit of your stomach that there's an uneasiness. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. And I think I felt that way for a while. And the more I achieved and the more I ticked off, the more I kept thinking, this is not this is not it. This is not your best life. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And that disconnect kept getting louder. Um, but to bring us a bit quicker down the line, because I know we don't have all the time in the world, um, my inflection point really came sort of at my 10-year mark. Um, and just before that, a year before that, um, and that was because I lost my father. He became very ill. He had cancer. And in the space of six months, you know, a man who's been so dynamic and really like my role model um, was completely withered. <laughs> he was mm. only starting like his retirement. And that really, that, that, that loss hit me hard. And it sort of forced me to reflect um, on my life a bit more deeply. And I'd say a lot of us, you know, you read the stories about people and their pivots. 
especially high achieving people, we tend not to listen to that inner voice. And so unfortunately, there's usually, and I, I say unfortunately, because it shouldn't be that way, but there's usually a wake up call, an event, illness, death, something that drives you and almost makes you wake up and sort of ask yourself critically those questions. Um, and in that time, and so when that happened, it took me a while to sit with it and see where it was. Um, but I, I'd like to say, I think the stars aligned. A couple of things happened sort of on the work front that made it also easier mm-hmm. um, to sort of leave that banking world. It made the transition easier because you worry about the future, right? Mm-hmm. Living a really nice, well-paid job, security, and all of that stuff when you're not even sure what you want to do is no is no mean feat. And that got me to the end of 2017. And I decided to leave and really spend time with my family, sit with myself a little bit more, give myself quiet time to figure out what the next chapter would look like. Um, and it was in that time that all these pieces, I mean... LBB was there. It was in the making in all of my time as a banker. But it was even, I kind of had sown the idea, but I didn't see the path. I didn't have the courage. And all of those things sort of came together to me when I allowed myself just time to breathe. And we can delve in more into the story of LBB, but it almost every time now, I just say this now, whenever I'm in doubt, um, taking that time, pausing and stopping to get clarity. Oh my God, that's like the best advice on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And I think that's really amazing, right? Because, you know, in, in all of that, I love that you said LBB was always there. It was always there under the surface because, of course, because it's you, right? But you were sort of, like you said, in the thick of things. You were, you know, getting promoted. You were, you know, living this life that was kind of giving you, you know, it was ticking all the boxes, right? Um, But the, the thing that you needed was quiet and stillness and time, right? And so, and so what would you say to people, you know, we are in you know, we're in quite interesting times, right? And I think, you know, there might be a lot of people out there who have an LBB in them. Um, But as you said, you know, maybe don't have the time or the space or maybe the courage to kind of delve a little bit more. What would you sort of say to to those people? Um, That's an interesting question because I would say, and it's not something, well, actually I was doing it, but it's whatever it is that's sitting inside you, just start it. Just just start. Start in the smallest possible way you can. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup. Mm. And his it's all based around this theory that, you know, we all think that we know what products we're going to put into the market. And that's what we build up this big thing that we put on a pedestal somewhere that there's going to be the products that will sell immediately but the truth is he advocates for starting lean starting small find your minimum viable product the smallest bit of it it might be a blog it might be an instagram account Mm. through which you're testing you're trying to understand what your customer wants because until you're in front of people and connecting to really understand what they need 
It's just an assumption and a thesis. So when I think the reason I say this is I think it really brings down that barrier of what it takes to just start. Anyone can start an Instagram account. You can start sharing ideas. You can curate if it's product based, curate, look at what else other people are doing that looks like yours. Start a box where you bring people together. There are so many ways that you can start a blog account and talk about the benefits or the services you want to. Um, And it's, it's, I guess it's, the equivalent of a side hostel, right? And yeah. find where the right places because you learn so much once you're in the market. And that's what actually I think helps with the success. I didn't do it as much with LBB, but I did because one of the things was as a banker, one of my sort of, I guess, quiet time or creative, I, I needed to channel my creativity somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I loved recreating that spa experience at home. It started from wanting to clean up my routine. I would make bath scrubs, bath salts. I got into soap, which is much more chemistry based. And so I started to understand the oils and chemistry behind the properties behind the oils, which is why you'll see oils feature massively <laughs> um, in my collection. Um, but it was there. I was making products for myself everybody who knew me got a Christmas birthday you know whatever <laughs> gifts to it. So I, I, I'm serious that's how it started at some point I made these pretty soap bars that looked like cake but fancy cake um, I mean, seriously I had I had collection <laughs> I had a, I had a Christian Louboutin a bar soap I wow. had a Rihanna yellow because that was what she had worn to um, the Met Gala it was such a beautiful yellow fantastic dress and I just loved that and I did something out of that and I would have my friends like who were having fates at the Christmas like Nana come on we really need to impress our school teachers um, our kids teachers can you do us something and that was a so it started it was a side hustle it was small I don't even have soaps in my collection today but I'm just giving you an example of that so LBB is short for life is beautiful in balance and that is the ethos of the brand Um, and it's almost a reminder to myself too of the life I want to lead. But the reason I felt this brand was important to bring to market and our whole focus is around harnessing the beauty of high performing, clean, natural, vegan ingredients, but making them multitasking, versatile, streamlined, um, and creating beautiful, convenient rituals that even on your busiest of days, you can use to create moments for pleasure, relaxation, to soothe yourself, look after yourself. Um, And that was the collection because it was really looking at my past and my life where I thought, I know all of these things. I know self-care is important, but the reality is that when you're busy and you feel like you don't really have time, self-care is one of those things that just falls to the wayside. And so how can we build that ritual of self-care and balance into our day where, you know, we might not have an hour to do it. We might only have a few minutes. What are the things that you do to bring yourself back into balance? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always been, I've always been really active and hyper. Um, That's me. So one of the recent things I've been doing, and I say it's new because I was always a, oh, okay, okay, meditation. I understand that it's important and it helps, but I can't get myself to sit still. (laughs) Um, I'm too energetic. Take me to a gym class. Take me to a Zumba class. Take me to something. I'll run with the best of them. Um, I'll get on a spin bike and all of that's important, but 
my point is it's learning to sit still and really I've been forcing myself to do that much more and oh my god every time I do it no matter how short it is I feel much better so rituals because I think it's all about rituals right mm. the more we small I'm always small but just keep it consistent. So my favorite one that I'm really enjoying right now is my morning routine. And it's just allowing myself to wake up and just have quiet time. Mm. I say the shortest size is 15 minutes um, where I wake up slowly (laughs) um, and enjoy the time because I think too many of us, and if you're anything like me, Mm. I probably go to bed with a problem on my mind that's still probably cooking whilst Mm. I'm asleep. Um, In fact, I started to keep a notepad next to my bed so that I could download because I I was losing sleep for some time because I would be worrying subconsciously about things that I had and maybe worried I would even forget the solution that I had concocted while I was sleeping. (laughs) 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 And so I would just have to write it down, put it away. But anyway, back to the ritual is just waking up slowly. Mm -hmm. These days I'll wake up. I have a flight mode that sits by my bed side just like you just did I will roll it on my palms I'll put it on my pulse points um I like to apply it to um, my ankles also and just sit and just immerse myself in that space sometimes it's just quiet sometimes I'll get my calm app in fact most days I listen to the daily calm on um on, on that and it just allows me to sit and start my day. Oh my God. So I, I, I think in the early days when I was inconsistent with it, I can tell you for sure that the days where I rushed into my day yeah. <laughs> were probably like at least 20% less. Um, well, the days where I did it were just much better than the days I didn't. And it's what, what time? 15 minutes. Um, 15 minutes at the smallest time. Some days I need more because yeah. I'm listening to my body and it's what it needs. And, yeah. and I do all the other things that I must do. But I think that's the most important segment. There are lots of other things I do, but let, let me leave the most important. Yes. And it's and it's interesting as well. I mean, I, I can I can agree with that. I, I know on the days when I kind of like, you know, say, oh, you know, I'll meditate later or I'll do something. I forget. I kind of cut my little morning routine a little bit shorter. Yeah, my days are totally different. Um, And so, and for those people, you know, like you out there who, you know, don't like meditating or can't, you know, think they can't meditate or it isn't their thing, just giving yourself that space of just breathing and kind of slowly waking up and coming to 10, 15 minutes. I think that's, I think that's golden. I think that's golden. Um, so we touched on a little bit earlier about sort of like how you pivoted and um, how it felt for you, but just to kind of get it crystal clear, this is the nudge. And so what I'd like to talk about are those actual feelings, the feelings in the body of how you knew when you were meant to kind of do something else. What did it feel like for you when you knew, okay, LBB is what I'm meant to do. This is the path I'm meant to take. Um, Can you sort of remember any feelings of how that felt or how you sort of knew in yourself? It wasn't. There wasn't one eureka moment. Mm -hmm. Like I had been saying, it'd been there just quietly. It'd been quietly there. And the more out of balance my present life felt, the more I asked myself, because I sort of hit this point where on the face of it, you know, 
um, as a banker, I was like, oh my God, I'm the most senior woman in this bank. I've just set up a small business within the firm because actually that was, there was a nudge. It was like, no, no, your five years is over. Like at year seven, it's time to do something else. So I took on an entrepreneurial challenge. I started a business within the bank I was at and we were getting to a point where we were starting to be successful, but still there was this restlessness because inside I could feel it. Like in my gut, it's like, ah, oh, this is, this is not, this is, this yeah. is not, this is not you. Um, but, you know, we all do that. You just push it aside. What nonsense? What else would I do? Come on. <laughs> you know? And it's almost, you look back at how much time you've already invested because it's not about the future. We're almost looking at back at the back and it's like, now it's payback time, right? It's like, I've done all the hard work. Mm. Um, but the truth is it didn't change, to be honest. In that role, it was still the same. It was very high pressure, very high stress. And the more senior you also got, the stress changed from long physical hours, lots of work to do, to be more mental. Um, and I think actually that's where a lot of people's stress sits because you don't have to banker I've spoken to lots of my customers right now because initially I thought it was for my brand was for busy professionals always on the go but the truth is a lot of us especially women and lockdown showed us that we carry the mental loads heavy you know it's it's heavy that's right Um, so it's it's just so anyway so that's where I sat and back to the nudge and what I felt And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I gave myself time to just be quiet. And I was like, okay, what could this look like? Where could I go? I decided I would travel. Um, And I said, okay, I will travel. I'm going to travel within Africa. I had spent about three years building a business around Africa, doing lots of quick sort of overnight trips into these wonderful cities, um, having my meeting, not really having time to interact with the cities I'd been to. And I was like, I want to see more of Africa, Um, especially in, it's a longer story. I told you this, right? Yeah, yeah. I moved to the UK at 17. And it wasn't until I came to the UK, um, pre, pre, pre the UK, I thought of myself as Nigerian, in fact, very specifically Igbo within Nigeria. Um, and when, when I moved to the UK, I became African. Right. Um, I was like, interesting. oh, interesting. Okay. Africa's huge, man. Like, I only know like one small little sliver in within it. <laughs> <laughs> there almost there was almost an education process. It was like, yeah. okay, since I'm African, I should definitely know what Africa is. What do African people do? Who are they? Where are they? Um, and I think in that time, I sort of said, okay, I've never had a gap here or any of that stuff. So I wanted to spend time actually visiting um, more countries within Africa. And in fact, now I can say I visited over half of the countries within Africa. Oh. And in that time, I covered quite a few. I don't remember the exact numbers. But one of the things that I found myself doing was gravitating to, I ended up going to visit like growers of some of the crops. I went to see um, the guys who make shea butter. And just, I had done that before, but I went back again to find a different, more sustainable grower, understand the process, looking for businesses. Um, I visited Southern Africa where they grew marula to understand. And these are some of the products that have come up in my um, in my in my collection and I was like oh my god so you see the nudge look at what I was doing I was yeah. going to 
friends meeting me. But in those places, that's what I was looking for. And I was like, oh, that is a sign. Um, and then <laughs> I was socializing the idea, you know, what people I trust. It's what would it look like? What can I do? Okay, what can I find to explain to me what this business looks like as a business or the industry? What are the steps I would need to take to get, put a product to market, to market yeah. it? And once I started to uncover each of those, I saw, I was like, look, I think I can do this. Um, and furthermore, even if I don't, it's an adventure and it's adventure that my body and I felt, you know, we should have never. And one of the things I think as an entrepreneur I've been doing is really almost training that intuition muscle mm. to trust and believe in yourself because it was there. It was like, you can do it. You can do it. Keep going. And even if you don't get it right, it's like, okay, the other side of it is what's the worst that can happen? Because I think it's an important thing. Anybody must who's thinking about pivoting, look at the worst case scenario. Can you yeah. come back from that? And I sort of looked at it and I was like, oh gosh, okay, I'm a qualified um, engineer. I went to, I've had 10 years of MA experience, but even more than that, I'm a chartered accountant, right? So I almost, in that, with that qualification, I'd underwritten my like base pay. And I was like, you can go back to all of those, you can get a job. So what's the worst that can happen? Even if you, you don't have any savings less left your starting base pay will see you through, um, you know, at least. That. And so it was with that, I sort of went, okay, let's go. And just, just before I move past this topic, because I think it's helpful. I find it really helpful when people share the tools, practical tools and steps that they've taken. There was, I listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast. Mm. I'm not podcast, his TED talk on fear setting. And one of the things he had in there was this beautiful tool um, that he uses to make difficult decisions mm. um, where he sort of goes through, I, I won't go through all of it, just go and Google it, but it's a really clear methodology where you go through all those barriers. It's almost that ask yourself five whys, but a really practical way with a piece of paper and pen that allows you to go through that. And that really helps me. So amazing, amazing. I'll make sure to link that um, in the show notes because I think that would be really useful. And I love that you said that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I think what you reflected was you said in all of that, there was a restlessness. There was a restlessness that was kind of like simmering under, kind of like pushing you to, to sort of move and change. And, and you were following those nudges, right? Going to visit the growers and the, the people who were growing the crops and looking for more sustainable things. And you were following that. You were following that that intuition. I love that you also mentioned the intuition muscle, because I do believe that it is a muscle that we have to work with and hone and understand that within us. Um, and so if you're listening out there, you know, if you do kind of feel that restlessness or something that's pushing you, maybe follow that, right? Because that could be the thing that's kind of simmering under the surface to, to push you to do that thing that, you know, you're, you're meant to be doing. Um, and sorry. sorry, no, go ahead. Um, I was just going to add, because one of the things, I, I think it's important to do the sense check too, mm. because that sense check is, especially, I don't know what practice, but in my case, I was going to be putting products that had to sell and I had this idea that was mine. It was my problem. I'd seen it with my friends, but how many other people? So one of the things that I did also before taking it is we did lots of focus groups and testing of just mm -hmm. asking the questions. Really, it's an assumption. I wasn't going MVP, 
blogger, da da da, because I had my nudge was like immediate, do it, <laughs> just go do it. Right. <laughs> but people are slower. That's why when you asked me, I was like, yes, I wish I had started early and slower and just taking my time a little bit. But everybody's path is different. Right. But it's really that social testing and mm-hmm. checking. Um, that it's not because sometimes the nudge and the intuition isn't right right you're not gonna go and then pivot yeah. and then can't pay your school fees or right exactly <laughs> so so so, so. <laughs> it's, it's just to bring some balance to that and and as we talked about before you know your ethos is all about balance and I think that is important following the nudge but also, also doing the sense checking as well um and in the time that we have left, can you speak a little bit about um, what it might feel, what it felt like for you if you weren't following those nudges, if you weren't following kind of like your path of, um, you know, the path that was leading you to where you are now. Um, if you didn't sort of follow your intuition or your nudge, what did that feel like for you or what, what kind of happened to you as a result? I mean, I, I think it was sort of what, we described it's that restlessness mm. um, that I was feeling. It just didn't feel like I was right because I think a lot of us search at the end of the day what we're all looking for. I've had many conversations with many different women and many people who are working today and as we're all looking for purpose in our lives. Mm. And I think when there's a real misalignment with your purpose, your values and Also, people should allow themselves to be flexible because as human beings, we grow. You know, when I went into, when I started as a banker all those years ago, that was absolutely the right choice for me because I was hungry. I needed to prove those things. Um, It was what I needed to do, but I changed. I evolved and that wasn't enough for me anymore. And I didn't go with the flow. I was still there and, you know... (laughs) doing crazy deals and shouting at people and being angry all the time and having to like act a little bit more (laughs) macho than I was inside. Um, And it just didn't fit right. I didn't feel like I was in alignment with my true Mm. self. Um, And and, and that's how I would describe it. And I think inherently I wasn't the happiest I could be. Um, I did a blog post on LinkedIn some time ago and it had a catchy title like um, I'm barely making a living wage right now but I'm living my best life Um, and it really was a gratitude countdown it was a list of 10 things um, to explain how yes life as a startup entrepreneur is definitely far from glamorous Mm. uh, and far from as comfortable as the life I had as a banker but deep within I'm the happiest I've been in a long time because I'm living my purpose. I love that. So beautiful. So, so beautiful. Um, So Nana, if, if people want to find your wonderful, beautiful products, where can they find them? Um, We're online. It's um, the website is LBB. LBB is life is beautiful in balance. So pick the LBB. (laughs) <laughs> from that LBB, it's www.lbbskin.com we're on instagram on lbb skincare um you'll find us on the same handle on instagram facebook and linkedin um and also we've just gone on amazon so for all of you prime um members you can get your lbb treats within 24 hours <laughs> so amazing 
Um, and it's Christmas time. So we also have um, a beautiful discovery bundle, which has each of our products full size um, within it. And so you can get that for £80. It's a really beautiful gift um, as we approach Christmas for anyone who's looking for gift ideas. It's Our products are unisex, so it's not just for women. And men love it because it's a stick. It's matter of the application. <laughs> None of that. So rubbing the hands and that looks all great. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, and I have a lot of uh, male male customers who buy Mood Rescue Flight Mode, um, so that's 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 beautiful too. I, I didn't talk about kickoff touchdown, but you'll see it all on the website. I know I know several people who will be getting your gift boxes for Christmas. So um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, before we go, if your nudge could leave listeners with one or two words of inspiration, what do you think they would be? Ooh, I think you can guess it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, I think I can. You can, because it's the, it really is the light. It's life is beautiful in balance. I will just add that whenever in doubt, really just slow down, give yourself time to reconnect and think. And then recharge because people tend to think slowing down or pausing is holding back productivity. But actually, most times, if you're a real active, productive, I've got to do, 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 there's no time for sleeping. Um, then, then actually, it's the wrong mindset. When you slow down, you can actually see because it forces you to really focus on what you need. You do less, but better, and you fly that way. And and fly, we will. Nena, thank you so, so much for joining us here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to go and rub some more flight mode on me. Um, so thank you so, so much for your time today and wishing my absolute pleasure. And you too. <laughs> Life is beautiful in balance. Listening to Nena, you can hear that this isn't just some tagline for her brand. It is a rallying cry for all of us who feel we must keep moving forward, working harder, doing more, and then leaving no time for ourselves. How long can that way of living be sustained before we reach those all too common stages of overwhelm or burnout? When we exist in those states, we are unable to truly create and live our best lives because we are stuck in survival mode. I love Nena's invitation to slow down and recharge as it gives us time to focus and see those next best steps that will lead us on our journey of our hearts. One thing that really struck me was how Nena was laying the groundwork for her business throughout her life. She just didn't know it from making creative and colorful soaps to visiting growers of holistic crops, she was following her intuition and freely exploring without expectation. She simply allowed herself the space to be curious. What would happen if you gave yourself more time to be still, recharge, listen, and follow your curiosity, follow your nudge, Will you accept Nena's challenge? I, for one, most certainly will. And if you hear a voice calling off in the distance, 
Life is beautiful in balance. That will be me following my nudge, reaching for you as you follow yours. For more of the nudge with Kia Eileen, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can find this episode and all previous ones on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. If you're ready to follow your nudge, but you're feeling a little bit stuck, go to my website, www.kiaeileen.com. That's K-I-A-A-I-L-E-E-N.com. Or my Instagram page, kiaeileen underscore soul clarity. Or my Facebook page, at kiaeileen. And join me next week with another special guest as we continue to engage with that universal force always working on our behalf. And remember, wherever you are, to follow your nudge, because you never know where it may lead.